0: Bum 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 Folks, welcome back to another episode of Triple G Ginger's Gridiron and Golf Podcast. I am your host Stephen Kerr, aka the Ginger, and I ex- am excited to bring you this episode this week recording here uh, late in the week. My apologies, didn't even think I was going to be able to get you uh, an episode this week. Have a lot going on uh, in in life and in the world right now with uh, we're starting a new position coming up in the next couple weeks in my professional career. And uh, just everything with uh, with having two kids, but uh, glad I'm able to bring you this episode. Um, we were hoping to have a guest on like we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, but it's a busy, busy world right now in, in the NFL and the NFL Draft with a lot of these um, draft content producers from DraftWire and the Draft Network like Joe Marino and Brooke Cromer that we were hoping to get on over here over the next couple weeks. And and we've had a, a couple guests agree to, uh, to join us next week, but... I don't want to guarantee anything to our listeners because you just never know in this world what happens. Um, some of these folks get a phone call, they go on TV, go on radio, and and podcasts like ours and many others across the podcast land um, kind of fall fall to the barren wayside, which is completely understandable. Uh, they're being generous with their time um, right from the start to uh, to agree to come on. So. This week's episode is going to focus, focus strictly on the NFL, and um, specifically the NFL draft. And we're going to run through pretty much the first 15, 16 teams in the NFL draft, take a look at you know how many picks they got, what their draft's shaping up, not only from the first round, but all the way round, down to round seven, and what's going to make their draft successful. What do they need to come away with? Trading up, trading down, acquiring more or future draft capital. Um, acquiring players for that capital, looking at specific spots on their roster that they may need to um, target or really kind of go after, or do they want to try to draft and, and build talent and really try to accumulate there. So we're going to take a look at all the teams across the NFL, and, and we're going to use kind of the draft order as, as that uh, starting point, and we'll work our way up and down the board and really take a look at um, you know all of the teams and really give you a good feel as we head into T-6 days away from the NFL Draft. But uh, a couple housekeeping items. First off, let's give a shout out to Billy Simpkin, PGA of Canada and Ontario professional, um, who donated some TFC tickets last week for a contest of ours. Um, so if you haven't had the opportunity please do give Billy a shout out and uh like subscribe share to uh all of our social media fronts so you're up up to date on that and in terms of uh catching up with Billy he is a PGA of Canada qualified instructor uh head teaching professional at Peninsula Lakes Golf Club out in Font Hill um out near St. Catharines and Niagara area for those located in the southern Ontario area. Listen to this podcast. So if you are in the area and playing golf, uh, please look up Billy Hill. He's uh just a great dude obviously uh donating some tickets uh to uh to uh the Triple G podcast and uh and helping us out and shout out to Ryan Black who was the winner of that contest and his uh, significant other Jasmine who were able to take in the game great seats seven rows behind the net um I've sat there myself Uh, with my old man, so it's phenomenal seats in terms of uh, where they're located and and great viewing pleasure. And uh, TFC, look out, they're playing some better football and and they're starting to come into their own, so they'll be there. And I know it's not traditional NFL football, but it's still football nonetheless, and this is a football and golf podcast, so uh, it qualifies, no doubt, for sure. And the World World Cup's coming up in the fall. Knock on wood, hopefully Scotland can qualify here. I know it'll be tough beating Ukraine but uh, that'll that'll pull at the heartstrings for sure. But I would like to see Scotland get through, and we all know what uh, what Canada has done so far. Let's tidy up a couple of housekeeping items in terms, as well in terms of the golf side. Um, a little bit quieter, and I wanted to step away from the golf side as we focused on it over the last month. But uh, still got some stuff going on. We got the Zurich Classic going on. Uh, Billy and Jay Haas, um, you know, Jay Haas, the oldest guy to make a cut on the PGA Tour now, is the, looks like they're gonna make it uh, make it through. Which is an absolute phenomenal story. Uh, Brooke Henderson defends her crown at the Wilshire L.A. Open, playing with uh, her good friend Maddie Sherrick. Not a good, uh, good uh, start or first couple rounds for Brooke. Looks like I uh, just checked it before we came live here, and she was at plus six. I think tied 93rd, so it looks like she's probably going to miss the cut here in a full field event on the LPGA Tour. Not sure if it's because of the withdrawal and playing with a close friend, but. Brooke just didn't seem to have her game this week and and unless an incredible run happens here as we speak now over the last six holes uh, she will not be playing the weekend and um, very strange for Brooke she's she's ultra uh, consistent and to be honest that'll probably be one of the you know one two three cuts that she misses all year Um, I thought that she had a chance to to defend her crown having last week off but who knows about that illness and and how it affected her so um, but still a lot to come on the golf front as we lead up here another quiet week next week But then we ramp up uh, with the Wells Fargo into the Byron Nelson and then into the PGA Championship at Southern Hills So uh, a lot going on, on on the PGA Tour side and the ladies side as well this the um, the Seniors Tour the Champions Tour it's ramping up as well. It's uh, getting going here as we uh, we hit the end of April and shout out to all of our local professionals on the green grass level, opening up all their golf courses uh, this weekend or this coming week, um, as at the end of April into early May, as we've had some real terrible weather here to start the year. But uh, we'll get into it here, and hopefully it uh, it hits the ground running as we come into May and and we get off to a real good start. So hopefully everything goes well for for all my fellow peeps, old colleagues, friends um, that I've met along the way in all the years of my business, but. Let's get into the NFL here, folks. couple things to talk about before we narrow down into the draft. And the, and the first one is, and we'll start with uh, with the good news here, and that's the schedule. Schedule release, NFL announced this week, May uh, 12th. But, man, are they so good. So good at, at planning. And, and all these other leagues really need to take notes on, on how they go about doing this. And they just steal the headlines. And for so many years, it, the schedule will come out you know, a week or two before the draft. And I get why in terms of the planning for the concerts and all that stuff. But after listening to and if you haven't had the opportunity, Sal Sports and Stuff's podcast, uh, Sal Capaccio, who's a friend of the show, we've had him on here two or three times. He did a podcast with, uh, with Mike North, who's the VP of broadcasting and, and pretty much the schedule maker for the NFL. And it was about a 45-minute podcast. Really, really good. A lot of good tidbits and nuggets on there in terms of, know things they look at uh, broadcast partners uh, how how you go about making the schedule what's taken into account and, and a whole lot of things so in saying that they uh, you know that schedule kind of threw everybody off it of, you know you go from the combine to there's this big lead up to the draft to private workouts to pro day workouts to everything's leading up to the draft and then all of a sudden they throw this schedule in here and as a as a fan the schedule release is probably one of, at least in, in my my opinion, one of the most fun parts about being a fan. Is yeah, yeah. We know you can go online and you can look at opponents all the way up to, you know, two thousand twenty five, two thousand twenty six, and who you're playing and 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 where you're going to play them, whether it be at, at home or on the road. And there's a game or two missing in terms of, um, you know, conference opponents and and in that same same. Um, same position i.e. if uh, the Dolphins finish first which is not going to happen but if the Dolphins finish first in the AFC East they would probably play I think they're playing the north this year in the in the NFC they're playing the north in the AFC so in terms of who they're going to play in the west and in the south it would be in that same position so they'd be the first team from the west first team from the uh from the south type of thing so that would be you know you would know all that information, but to know the dates and the times and the prime time games and and the matchups that are that are going to go down and and when they're going to happen is is really really fun. So it's it's really cool to see. So that's going to happen Thursday, May twelfth, the f- week two um, Amazon Amazon Prime Video uh, Thursday night football game will be announced. The first night of the draft, the uh, international games, which I believe there's five of them this year. We got some games in uh, Munich. We got. Um, in Mexico as well. We got our London game, so it actually might be f- actually 5 or 6. Those are going to happen May 4th. So there's just this constant lead up after the draft. They they continue to steal the headlines. And then the week of May 9th and t- to 12, to the 12th, you know, the 9th are going to uh, release everybody's home opener. And then they're going to release the season opener and they're just going to continue to give you breadcrumb trails along the way up until this final lead out to the full, um, it used to be 256 game schedule, I believe it's 272 game schedule now, um, right in around that ballpark to that final night uh, on on, uh, Thursday, May 12th, 8 p.m on NFL Network it the full schedule get released and you will know top to bottom all 18 weeks all 17 games for your favorite team's schedule so kudos to the NFL for for just mastering this constant ability to steal the headlines and and set up their offseason that they are still um front row center and relevant throughout it all in terms of last week's podcast, uh, I would like to make a correction. I, when mentioning the Las Vegas Raiders, I kept mentioning Khalil Mack. Not sure why I was doing that. I, and, and thinking back, as soon as I got off, I was meaning Chandler Jones. That's who I who I meant. So wanted to make that little correction there. In terms of uh, of last week's podcast, and before we hop into the draft, how could we not talk about Debo Samuel, and the news that dropped earlier this week, and that trade request for Debo Samuel. Um, from the San Francisco 49ers. Here's the deal. Uh, we we know what's happened with the wide receiver market and how it's blowing up, and you can't blame these guys for wanting to get paid. And you can't blame Debo for protecting his career. You guys, you guys and girls, you guys know how I feel in terms of using the media to exploit your contract whether it be from your agent to yourself however it may be and and i've always stood up from from aaron Rodgers to kyler murray um to now debo samuel i just don't think it's the right way to go about it i think you can get more done i think there's more respect factor there there's there's that relationship is—it just goes back and forth a lot easier when things are handled in-house, behind closed doors, um, in a to me in in a better manner than sending out in the media and, and letting people speculate and go back and forth on it. I I understand why Debo Samuel's upset. Um, he was practically turned into a, um, a glorified running back, and he talked about it that you know there's this new position in in San Francisco, and it's called wideback. And you look at the last 11 games last year, you know, lining up in the backfield at 21.1% of the time. In his first 33 games in the NFL, it was 2.1% of the time. He was 72.5% at wideout. In the last 11 games last year, it was 53.5%. Right? His slot numbers and his, and his tight numbers were about the same. But effectively, they were taking him from the outside and bringing him into the backfield. Twenty to you know twenty to twenty-five percent of the time, in in depending on the football game, that's a that's a lot of snaps. When you're talking about seventy snaps in a game, you you know you're talking sixteen to eighteen times. You're not on the outside, right? Your receptions go down, right? From six and a half six and a half to to like three, right? So your receptions are cut in half, right? So your so your out numbers, and then in terms of seeing the running backs get paid and everything works off a of precedent. Right? Okay, DeAndre Hopkins puts up this number, he gets this much money. Um Devontae Adams puts up these numbers, he gets this much money. Right? Christian Kirk blows the market out of the water. Never understood that one. Stefan Diggs puts up this puts up these numbers, gets this much money. Well Deebo Samuel, yeah he's scoring touchdowns, but in terms of wide out numbers not looking so good so how do you the leverage then in turn goes to the 49ers and and i think that's the most point here is is that if i continue to get lined up in the backfield and used as a running back yes i'm scoring touchdowns but my wide receiver numbers are are being halted and being limited by my usage on the san francisco 49ers now Are people going to be able to to scheme and use Debo? And will he be successful? And will he be able to get these same touchdown numbers in a different scheme in a different system? Probably not. Kyle Shanahan's a a genius, especially in the run game and in the creative deception game and misdirection game. 100%. He's phenomenal. Right? And that's Mike McDaniel now in in Miami. That's his biggest thing. He's never been on a staff without Kyle Shanahan. Can he do it on his own? Time will tell. We will see. But... In terms of Debo Samuel, we all know what happens to running backs. One, they don't last as long because they're taking more hits. So that's one part of it. Two, they're treated like cheap meat. They're they're chewed up and spit out faster than you can blink an eye in the NFL. And in terms of the positional disconnect, I've talked about this way back up when we first started this podcast. Financial-wise, they are nowhere near because of well, they're just a dime a dozen. If Debo Samuel's a glorified running back, I can go find my Travis Etienne. I can go find my Brees Hall in the draft. I can go find my, you know, there's so many, so many guys. My Damian Pierce, there's, there's, you know, Darren Sproles, like the, all these guys that are multi-back, scat-back type of guys that can can split out, wide out, can come into the backfield, do these types of things. Yeah, they're not as electric as Debo Samuel. I'm not saying that. But they can provide a portion of the piece to help you get there if you do not want to pay Debo Samuel, the big-time bucks, like like a CMC, like a Christian McCaffrey type of guy. So now you're affecting his financials. So I think this is a way for Debo to get the leverage back a little bit, hopefully open up that relationship, do I see the Forty ers dealing Debo Samuel? No, I don't. I don't. I I really really don't. I I just don't think that um, they're gonna they're gonna want to make that move. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo's practically as good as out the door. He knows it. Uh, John Lynch knows it. Kyle Shanahan knows it. So you are now starting with Trey Lance at your. Quarterback position going into a year where you were in the NFC Championship game, so now you have your number one playmaker walk out the door. So, so your your quarterback and your number one playmaker walk out the door, and you're left with Brandon Brandon and Juwan Jan- Jennings who just resigned on a one year deal, and Ray Ray McLeod as your wide receiver depth chart if Debo Samuel walks out the door you know yes you have kittle yes you have use check but i just i would be shocked if if they ended up parting ways with him and and listen um it's going to be a lot it's going to be a lot like you you look at that that devonte trade and you know it was a first and it was a second and it was and, and more Right. So what is it going to take to get rid of Debo Samuel? It's going to take a hell of a lot. It's going to take a hell of a lot. And and, you know, we've heard the Jets, we've heard the Lions, we've heard the Packers. I think there was one more team in there, um, I read earlier today that was interested as well. So some of those teams do have the uh the firepower, but in terms of, of the Lions, who you know, who's if he wants to come play receiver, who's gonna to throw to him? You know, you're gonna probably have to give up if it's not that number two overall pick, it's definitely thirty two. And it's next year's first, so so now are you forced to take Malik Willis if you go make that trade for for Debo. And and you hold on and you happen to be able to hold on to that second overall pick. I'm I'm gonna think that Sam Fran would want that pick, giving up a Debo Samuel. Right? Um you look at green bay they've got two two options in the first round so they've got some some firepower as well right so so there's a couple teams in there that that could definitely make the move but i just don't see um san fran really kind of making that move i think they're going to mend the fences here and um and uh, be able to keep Debo, really change his role in this offense because that's what it comes down to it's not it's not this one's not about necessarily money I think it's more about usage and leverage than it is about money I think if they give if they give Debo the right amount of money and change and agree to change his usage in the offense with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Debo involved I think they'll be able to mend those fences pretty uh pretty easily the other interesting one to keep an eye on over the next six days just reported tonight Kadarius Tony from the Giants being shopped around is what we're hearing. so um Would love to hear more on that. It'll be real interesting to see what happens here in the next six days. New regime in town with Joe Shannon um, from the Buffalo Bills and Brian Dayball. So after watching film, maybe they're not liking what they're seeing there. They've got the fifth. They've got the seventh overall pick. Maybe they're really interested in a receiver there. Um, I don't know if they're quite ready to, to go ahead and make a draft pick for a receiver there. But you get rid of a Kadarius Tony, and now all of a sudden, the Giants may be interested in and in getting uh, getting themselves another big name receiver, a Jamison Williams or or somebody like that that could be available. But, folks, let's get into the draft talk now. Um, we're gonna run it down the first sixteen teams here. So we're gonna go in order of the draft. We'll run it down till we hit sixteen, and then we'll cover it uh, the 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 last sixteen next week. And we'll take a look at kind of that first round. We'll get you ready. Like I said, we're gonna go live uh, next Thursday night at 9 p.m. We're gonna let it, you know, the first hour go by. Myself and uh, hopefully we'll get the old boy on there, have a guest or a guest or two, and let the first, you know, eight to ten picks go off the board, and then we'll hop on, kind of review those picks and go live uh, for an hour or two till we hit uh, kind of the mid 20s. Um, into um you know the mid to late 20s and and then we'll sign off from there so that's kind of the plan for next week in terms of what we see happening here on the triple g podcast mm-hmm. but on the clock here on triple g right now is the jacksonville jaguars and what's going to make a successful draft for the for the jaguars listen jaguars got 12 picks yes you heard me correct they've got 12 picks here in the uh in the 2022 uh, 22 draft here. I just had to recount it myself here. But one thirty-three sixty-five seventy 65, 70, and 106 here in the top kind of 100, and, 100 to 110 picks. And that's one thing you've, you'll always hear me talk about, is how many top quality draft picks, right? You know, how many in the top 150? That's the number really that impresses me because then, Yes, I know the sweet spot in this draft is rounds 2 through 4, so you might be able to find some real good offensive and interior defensive linemen and pass rushers in those rounds. So in this draft specifically, especially with COVID and the pool of draft picks being almost, you know, up over 400 in terms of who's available, um you know, those that may push back in this draft to 150, 160, 170, 180 maybe. But to me you look at that Jacksonville Jaguars uh, depth chart, and you've got some nice weapons in receivers. You know, uh, Laquan Treadwell and LaVisca Chenault and, and Zay Jones and Marvin Jones and, and Christian Kirk, whether he's overpaid or not. Um, two running backs, you've got James Robinson and, and Travis Etienne coming off of the injury. You sign it at Evan Ingram to me you you've got to go ahead and address the pass rush situation here in in Jacksonville and I think that's the the key here and I think that's to start off where you're going to um, really hit a home run with that first overall pick and that and that's Aiden Hutchinson uh, came on Thibodeau one of those kind of Big, big pass rushers to me that you're going to see go kind of off the board early um, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In terms of their um, mid-rounds, I think what you've got to do is you've got to continue to stock those lines. Yes, you franchise tag Cam Robinson, but you can find some good depth at at linebacker in terms of what's available um, for them. They still need help in the secondary, so grabbing maybe a corner in round three or round four you know, with that 65th or 70th overall pick. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville uses some of that capital. Listen, you've got four picks in in round six that's available. Come back up into round four. Come back up into round three, round four, round five, and use a pick or two to come back up into those rounds to try to get yourself some of those top-notch, um, you know, defensive linemen or big men in this draft, or if there's a corner you like there. But to me, those are that's you know go get go get your pass rusher to pair up with Josh Allen. Find some depth on find some big man depth. Take advantage of this draft. Really kind of build from from out because you've got the sexy weapons. You've gone you you've gone ahead and done that. You you've got your quarterback in Lawrence. You've got Robinson Etienne. You've got Kirk. You've you've added the weapons via free agency now in this draft build the big men and i think that's what's going to make it successful give yourself some help, help in the secondary for the jacksonville jaguars i think that'll really help them um in this draft but they can they can continue to really add to this roster and really give themselves um a real good look at this um moving forward here in this uh this afc south i i really believe that they're an improving squad they've added more whether you like it or not and whether it's overpaid for and two, three, four years down the road, will it be sustainable? I don't know when those those big contracts and free agency come up, eventually you gotta pay the Piper. But over the next couple of years you have still got Lawrence on that rookie deal, so there's a little bit of a window here for the Jaguars. And with the you know, aging Colts roster with an aging Matt Ryan who's probably only gonna be around here for another year or two. Um, you know, can't be sold on Ryan Tannehill. I think this South is up for grabs for for Jacksonville and and you know I pounded the table for him last year and I'm gonna pound the table for him again this year I think they've got an opportunity if they hit on a couple of these draft picks early here to uh, to really cause some noise here in the uh, the AFC South to the second pick the lovely Detroit Alliance here um, listen Detroit's got eight picks in this draft they're pretty standard across the board they've we talked about it last week they got The 32nd pick uh, back in the first round from the Rams. Other than that, they've got all their picks. They got nothing in the seventh round. They got two sixth rounds. One's a uh, compensatory pick, so it's um, you know given to them at, at at 218. But four picks in the first 66. So four picks in the first three rounds for Detroit. They're to me. They're the. It's they're the linchpin in this 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 draft. They really really are Detroit because they could go so many different ways in terms of what's available. Um, offensive line help. I don't think they need after Penny Sewell last year. I I can you go tackle again? I'm not sure. I I don't think you can. Um, You could use a receiver, but it, you know you acquired DJ Shark. Uh, DJ Shark. Um, you've got Saint Brown from from which was a, a hit on the draft pick last year. Swift, Swift's coming back from injury. You've got Jared Goff on the on the bridge quarterback. You still got Hawkinson at, at tight end. To me, it's got to be Thibodeau. It's got to be Thibodeau, or it's got to be quarterback. I I personally think that. Detroit is looking to move their way back in this draft. I I really really do. I think they're looking for a pass rusher. If I don't, if I, if Hutchinson's not there for them, I think that they're gonna try to move their way out of that pick, and maybe have um, somebody like the Jets move up for somebody that they really really like. In terms of uh, what's available, maybe somebody falls in love with Malik Willis. But to me, this this draft truly starts with Detroit, because do they go ahead and draft Malik Willis? Do they have they fell in love with Kenny Pickett um, to draft that that quarterback? In terms of offensive line, you know you got Taylor Decker there. We talked about l, So to me, their help needs to come at the interior. Offensive line, you know they've but they've got Ragnow. Like their their line up front is pretty solid. If you if Hutchinson's gone, and you don't like Thibodeau with that with that pass rusher because you need you need help there. That's where that that's where this team needs help. Not a linebacker uh, high enough there for the second pick in terms of value. You know Trayvon Walker, somebody like that. I'm not sure if he's gonna really be able to provide them much help, but um you know the quarterback they it, it, it's got to be it's got to be pass rusher for Detroit or look to trade back if you don't like the quarterback or if you don't like your pass rusher in terms of later on 32 don't be surprised if you see um a quarterback option there i think in in one of those picks um 32 34 Detroit's going to take a quarterback got to take a shot can you find Lightning in a bottle at 32 or 34 with a quarterback, because then in turn in next year's draft, which you have more, even more draft capital available for Detroit, you don't have to go ahead if you find a kid that you really, really, really like, a Coriel, a, a you know a Ritter out of Cincinnati at 32 or 34, and he takes over for Goff, and then now you now you hit the ground running in terms of that. He's your now your new franchise quarterback, or has the potential to be, and and off you go. So I think they're definitely going quarterback there. And then in terms of the rest of their draft, uh, they need help at linebacker. They need help on the interior defensive line in terms of being a little bit more stout up front. To me, that's that's really where Detroit's looking at. And then just continue, continue to add good, viable NFL-caliber um, players. Add the talent for Detroit. Best player available, doesn't matter the position. And continue to add good, good football players. But I think that's uh, kind of the outlook for Detroit. Go get your pass rusher if you like one and he's available. Take a swing at a quarterback. I think that's going to make a good, solid draft for the Detroit Lions here. On to uh, number three, the Houston Texans. All righty. with the third overall pick. And they've got a boat ton of picks here. Um... very similar to uh jacksonville they've got 11 picks right they've got five in the top 80 and they've got six inside the top 108 so a lot of high quality um options here for for houston um they've got the fourth rounder um at 107 from detroit they've got uh, the 13th overall pick so they've got three and 13 in the first round and then they've got 37 in round two, 68 and 80 in round three. So two firsts and two thirds in this draft for uh, and two fourths for the Houston Texans. Talent, talent, talent across the board. Go get yourself more talent. Um, with the with the third overall pick, it's got to be one of the tackles. Go find your go find if if Davis Mims is your guy and, and you're gonna you're gonna take a swing and you think you found lightning in a bottle with him go get yourself um a, a starting left tackle. Right? He can he can take over for Titus Howard at right tackle. Laramie Tunsil's, you know, injury prone, can get banged up. So you can always swing him over to left tackle if needed midway through through the season. Um and then with the thirteenth overall pick it's it's wherever you truly wherever you want to go. Um, it's the it's the best player available so whether it be if a Kyle Hamilton falls late to you with safety and you, and you think you want to go there if one of the corners is available Stingley's fallen if you like Andrew Booth Sauce Gardner's fallen um if one of the linebackers are are available Umba um or Walker's available uh, it's it's to me this draft it's not about need or where you feel Um, position-wise, this is available for the Houston Texans. It's all about very similar to Detroit. Detroit's got a couple different options there in terms of position availability, but for Detroit, it's all about talent, talent, talent. Get me NFL talent on this roster because this roster does not have enough NFL talent on it, high quality, and you've got yourself um, six picks inside the, uh, or seven picks inside the top 108, right, five picks inside the top 80, you should have no problem there finding finding five starters, four or five starters. Houston t- should come out of this draft with so um, talent, talent, talent for Houston finding that available. The New York Jets. This is a fun team to talk about here um, in terms of um, the draft. They've got the fourth and the tenth pick here in the in the draft, so they're doubling up as well. Um, tons of to of picks. They've got nine picks overall for the Jets. Four inside the top thirty-eight. Uh, five inside the top 69, and seven inside the top 117. All of their picks are inside the uh, the top 163. With the fourth overall pick, listen, the, the Jets, in terms of offensive line, and if you listen to the, the press conference um, coming out of New York over the last couple days, um, and Joe Douglas, who's done a great job there, and Robert Sala, um, the head coach and, and general manager. there You know, I don't think it'll be tackle unless there's a worry about Mekhi Becton, right? You've grabbed yourself Lakin Tomlinson in, in free agency. You drafted a pro bowl guard in Elijah Tucker, George Fant's a serviceable right tackle. So it, unless you've got question marks, tackle's a potential, but I just don't see it happening. Go find yourself somebody to pair with Kyle um Carl Lawson, I know they love Myers Franklin, um, or Franklin Myers. I know they love the kid, and he's a hard worker. But listen, if a Kayvon Thibodeau is there, if a Trayvon Walker is there, those are those are talents you cannot pass up, and you are trying to chase down um, Mac Jones and Josh Allen, and now Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa in this division, right? The other option would be a sauce gardener. So for, for the Jets, I think pass rusher, corner, go get yourself another weapon. I, I know you've got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton, Berrios re-signed, but, but really more showing, showing some promise. Berrios is showing some promise, but Corey Davis to me is on the back half of his career. If you can grab one of those big top-notch... Um, named receivers, a Drake London, a Jamison Williams, whoever whoever you really, really like there. I think that's a great option for um, for the Jets in terms of that. Um, and then 35-38, that, to me, that's for the Jets. That's why I love grabbing the corner. Go get your corner. Go get sauce at four. Get your receiver at 10. And then dip back in and, and start to f- then get your pass rusher right then get a receiver like it to me those are the those are the um, you know the options there you could get a could get a linebacker as well right um, but to me that's that's where where I would go I'd, I'd go corner wide receiver get one of those top-notch wide receivers then come back in get yourself some help and um, on that front 7 in terms of pass rush where that depth is showing nicely you know a Chad Muma from Wyoming maybe in, in at 38 it could be a little bit of a stretch he may be available in in the 3rd round at 69 as well so um, some options there but to me front 7 help corner help help across the board on the defense for the jets and then offensively you've got to find yourself some weapons if you're worried about tackle either one of those bookend tap- tackles. Then you've got to take one, either at four or at ten. If you're not, then you stick to, uh, stick to to me um, corner. If there's one of the elite pass rushers you really really can't pass up on, then you you could go there. But to me, that's those are the the spots that do, are going to make this draft um, a success for the New York Jets. Number five. We're going back-to-back back. New York teams. The New York gi- football giants have 5-7 and seven as well, and they sandwich Carolina here. Much talk about them trading back um, at 7. Um, is there a team there? Is there a New Orleans? Is there a Philly? A Baltimore we talked about last week? Minnesota or Washington? Somebody that can move up four or five spots, that falls in love with somebody. It's possible, but I'm not seeing... The high end talent in this draft for teams to go up and go get. So, I think this top ten is kind of going to play out as we see it, and I think teams are going to to pick. I think Atlanta's one of those teams where if the if a quarterback goes early, like to Detroit, Atlanta might be forced to come up. A Seattle might be forced to come up if they like one of those. If they like a picket, if they like a Coriel, and they get a little bit nervous, they may pop up. And go get one of those guys, but um, for the Giants, we've listen. Um, you've got five, seven, thirty-six, sixty-seven. You've got five picks in the first uh, eighty-one draft picks. You've got Miami's third-round pick. You've got six picks in the top one-twelve, and seven inside the top one-fifty. Time to get a good haul here for uh, for the New York Giants. I think uh, for them. Continue, they've got a, too much, too many questions at offensive line. I think it's got to be tackle there at five. And then, in terms of seven, I, I truly think they are trying to trade out of that spot. I really, really do. Um, if they can get rid of or they want to get rid of um Kadarius Toney, then you may see a wide receiver. If not, I think it's the next available corner at seven. Um, I just don't think a pass rusher or a defensive lineman at, at that spot would be um, a good enough value. So I think uh, um, Gardner or Stingley, one of those two, are still available at seven. That's who you you would see. But I think it's going to be tackle and, and corner for the for the uh, the Giants at five and seven. And then then we talked about it. Go get yourself some some help on both lines and build out. You got Brian Dayball, you got Joe Shonen. Listen, they came from Buffalo. That's where it started. That's what's going to make this draft successful for the New York Giants. Go get a couple, couple um, you know, sexy spots. Maybe throw a receiver in a corner in there, like I, like I talked about. But um, this is a big man draft for the New York Giants. They, these guys are going to go get those lines right from the start and then build out with the skilled players from that position. That's what I think you're going to see happen with the New York Giants. Kara, line up Panthers. Um, The Enigma. Listen, Ben McAdoo uh, opens his mouth earlier in the week talking about Sam Bradford's our starting quarterback. Who knows what's going to happen here? Do they like a quarterback? Do they not like a quarterback? Um, They're another linchpin. Do they trade back? Thinking they can get a quarterback in behind Atlanta or do they trade with Atlanta or Seattle? Um Or somebody in these, you know, the early teens, um, like we talked about, like the like the Baltimore's, the Phillies of the world. For Carolina, is very similar to to the Giants. It's gotta gotta be one of these tackles if they're still available. If they're not, I I think you gotta you gotta go quarterback, right? What's gonna make this draft successful for Carolina is is really hitting on their picks. Listen, they're they're in dire straits here. And that's why I think the trade back, you know, they got the first round pick at six and then they're not drafting on on day two at all as of right now. They're all the way back to 137, 144, 49, 200, and 243. Six picks overall in the entire draft. And they're pretty much all between 137 and 243. They've got that six overall pick, So why not try to find yourself a trade partner and go get yourself a second and third round pick. And 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 maybe more, right? You might get an extra first this year or next year from one of these teams. Right? Could you could you acquire, you know, 15 and 18 from Philly for that 6th overall pick? Could you could you get 16 and 19 from New Orleans if New Orleans loves Malik Willis or loves Pickett? Right, Philly's Philly Philly's a tough one because I think, you know, they're not they're not set at quarterback. But what are they coming up to get? Right in terms of their New Orleans might come up to go get their quarterback. That might be a spot that they might come up come up to. Right, Baltimore might come up to get one of those elite pass rushers if there's a little bit of a fall there from from six. So there's some options there, but. Um, I think Carolina, the, the trade down for Carolina is, is what's going to make this draft successful. Or go get the quarterback. Go get your quarterback. Get yourself set. Or trade down, accumulate some more picks. Talked about the Giants. Let's move down to Atlanta, another team there with the quarterback in the NFC South. Listen, they've got um, you know five picks inside the top 82. They've got nine picks overall, so they've got an, a good chance here to really start to build um, build up this roster. You know, from Matt, from Matt Ryan to Olakun, uh, Foyal Olakun losing to, to Jacksonville on the defensive side. Um, this wide receiver roster uh, or depth chart is absolutely pathetic in terms of what's left on that Atlanta Falcons depth chart at the wide out spot. You've got an aging offensive line. Um Gotta go get yourself a weapon. I know you've got Marcus Mariota, you've got Cordero Patterson. That line can hold up for another year or two. You've got a dynamic playmaker. You know, you've got Pitts and Patterson. Go go get yourself a playmaker. And and see where it comes. And then after that it, it's to me, it's you know, restock the covers in terms of depth on that offensive line and finally try to figure out the pass rush. Right? Atlanta's a sneaky team in terms of, you know, does Atlanta, you know, can they, would they give up ne- next year's second and the, and the 82nd overall pick from Indy to move up three or four spots to go get that pass rusher, right? I don't think they're going to go quarterback. I think they're going to hang tight. I think they're comfortable with Mariota. Um, I think if, if they have to go at eight, it'll be a receiver. Um, if they want, really, really like somebody and, and feel – you know, Hutchison or Thibodeau or you know, Walker from Georgia in house guy, maybe he's a he's a possibility and if he's available. Um if not, I think, you know, you're looking at a Garrett Wilson, um, somebody like that, um, Drake London, Chris Olave, whoever whoever they really feel in terms of wide out to really um, you know, bolster that wide receiver depth, and don't be surprised if they take a couple. Wide receivers for sure for Atlanta. I think that's the option, and then it's, once again, it's it's really trying to restock the covers on the, on both front sevens for the Atlanta Falcons and and build this thing out and and start to add more and more talent to that roster, that's gonna help help them along the uh, help them along the way. The Seattle Seahawks with the ninth overall pick, and finally Seattle's got some draft capital here available. Eight picks in this draft. They've got three inside the top forty-one, four inside the top seventy-two. So they got some qu- top quality um, draft capital here for Seattle. Acquiring, you know, three of these picks from from Denver in the Russell Wilson trade, nine forty and, and one fifty-two. So with that ninth mm-hmm. overall pick, um, anything's available for Seattle. This is a historically bad defense. Um, offensively, yes, you still have a DK Metcalf f- on this roster for how long. Who knows? Um, is this a teardown for them? Is this a teardown for them? I'm not too sure, but um, real interesting in Seattle. They're a team, to me, um, anything's on the board here. Quarterback, cornerback, um, pass rushers, linebackers, um, whoever whoever they feel is the best on their board at 9 at 40, at 41, they got to draft them no matter the position. Uh, they're just depleted across the board. They've made a lot of bad um, calls in terms of personnel and, you know, trades and just just signings and contracts and everything, and it, it's just, it's finally caught up with them. Russell hasn't been able to bail them out. And, um, it, it you know, like a lot of these teams in the, in the top ten and twelve here, it's it's about adding as many good football players as you possibly can. But for Seattle, anything's that you know this stretch of the draft here, um, from Atlanta to Seattle to Carolina, um, it's not about specific positions and getting certain things right. It's more about adding top quality NFL talent and adding more talent to the roster and and speed and and things like that and traits than adding, um, you know, a niche spot here for slot receiver or a big receiver here or, hey, get me a left guard, a backup depth left guard spot. You know, we'll see more of those types of things in next week's podcast with some of those teams that are better quality um leading into the draft and drafting later because they've made the playoffs and they've made playoff runs throughout the last couple years so let's rapid fire here uh the last few teams and, and get you on out of here we'll uh the jets draft at 10 uh, let's get to the washington football team with the 11th overall pick um not much in terms of draft capital here only six picks and three of them coming in round six and seven, so only three picks inside the top uh, one thirteen for uh, for the Washington Commanders um, after the trade for uh, for Carson Wentz. They've got Indy's forty second overall forty um, second overall pick, and then they got the eleventh overall pick. The front seven on their side, it, to me, is is rock solid. I, I think this has got to be um, a receiver. For for Washington, or more help on in terms of the back end in terms of corners, if one of them's available, you know, do you like it, Andrew Booth, um, at eleven? Is Stingley still available at eleven? Sauce is gonna be gone. Ahmad Gardner's gonna be long gone off that board. Um, your front seven, you've already paid enough. It's already rock solid. Um, there's question marks with Terry McLaurin in terms of contract, and then behind him. You know, Curtis Samuels a nice addition, but you know, can you add another another weapon? Um the tackle spot's a sneaky spot for them. Sam Cosme and and Charles Leno Jr. So is a Charles Cross still available? Is a Trevor Fenning still available in that first round for them at eleven for them to take. So it'll be real interesting um uh, for the for the commanders. Not much you can do with six picks, especially late on that that roster. Um, This could be another trade-down option for for, uh, for me at 11. Is there somebody in, if Garrett Wilson or somebody loves Drake London, is there somebody in those early 20s, i.e. a Pittsburgh, a New England, a Green Bay that really loves the receiver or that second quarterback that might not have come off the board yet, um i.e. Pittsburgh or New Orleans that wants to come up to eleven and, and go get their guy um with the Washington Commanders only six picks. A team that's, you know, coming off the a seven and ten um season. Um real interesting. Minnesota, I think it's gotta be corners. Tons of draft capital for them. Two, four, six, eight. They've got eight picks. Three and tied side the top seventy seven. So their first three picks are real, real important. In terms of uh, what they can do to help bolster this roster, you know, you've brought on Harrison Phillips, you've brought on some uh, some beef up front. Um, I think corner corner and back end help for the Minnesota Vikings is crucial. That defense got torched last year. You've got you know the new regime in town in terms of um, you know from general manager to head coach to just overall feel. Um, in the building in Minnesota, so now what do you do in terms of helping that out? Um, you know, Ed Donatel is the defensive coordinator now. You know, you got Kevin O'Connell on the offensive side of the ball. That offensive side, you still got Thielen, you still got Jefferson, you still got Cook, you still got Cousins, right? Is there an offensive lineman they like high enough there? I'm not sure. I think defensively, I think you you could look at, you know, you, you bring in Zedaria Smith to pair with, uh, you know, Daniil Hunter coming back off of injury. You know, you lose Bar. So to me, linebacker linebacker and the secondary are the two spots. You've got an aging Harrison Smith. Is a Kyle Hamilton available at 12? If he's available, is a Trent McDuffie available at 12? If one of those guys are, you've got to go find yourself. Um, one of those key playmakers in the secondary with those early overall picks. And then in terms of later in the rounds, they've got to try to find some depth on offensive line. Take some swings on the offensive line. Try to get this thing fully right. Give yourself a little bit more depth, a little bit of room to play with. I think those are the two kind of key points. Secondary offensive line for the Minnesota Vikings would make this a successful draft for them. With the 13th overall pick, um we're back to the Houston Texans. Let's close this thing out. We'll go Baltimore, Philly, and New Orleans. And that'll pretty much get us down um, almost to about twenty. We'll we'll start off next week's podcast with the Chargers, which is a great team to start off. We'll start off with. So let's go Baltimore. I've been critical of them over the last uh, since the start of free agency that they haven't added that pass rusher. They swing and miss on Zedaria Smith, bring back Zedaria Smith. Um they've got a lot of draft capital here in terms of what's available they got 10 picks all 10 are inside the top 209 inside the top 150 um they've been accumulating nicely um they add the 110 uh pick from the giants they add 128 from from uh Arizona add 197 from Miami and they've got a nice little spot here and to me they've got a draft the best pass rusher available uh and offensive line i think this is a this is a line draft for the baltimore ravens they struggle to run the ball they're getting some help coming back off of injury on in terms of playmakers in terms of uh cornerbacks from from uh marlon humphrey and um and marcus peters coming back you've got queen you've got jason away odefe away you still got calais campbell coming back um so to me, they've got the the beef up front. They've got the guys on the back end coming back if they can get healthy. It's now, you know, get yourself some some more help on that offensive line in terms of a, you know, a starting right tackle, right? You you bring Morgan Morgan Moses over like they just they weren't able to run the ball. Lamar Jackson was running for his life. Go settle down that interior offensive line. Go get yourself a, a starting left guard. Um, a center you know do you do you like you know somebody inside on that interior offensive line that you're going to be able to grab and then continue to add playmakers you've got to get more you know you, yes you drafted bateman yeah you got hollywood brown but you know go get me a you know devin duvernay in the slot is there somebody available in the slot that that um, you know a sky more that might be available uh, with the 45th overall pick, use some of that capital to trade up with that 45th overall pick and go get yourself um, one of the top-notch receivers either late in the first round or early, early in the second round. You know, can you package 110 and 119 and move up um, and get early in that second round to go get the the receiver after you get some offensive line help in that first round? To me, those are the things that are gonna you know continue to to rebolster and, and get younger on that D line. Add some serious help on that O line and go get another playmaker for uh, for Lamar Jackson here um, and make sure that he doesn't walk out the door. Two more teams to go here. The Philadelphia Eagles got 15 and 18. They've got tons of ammunition in the draft here. You know they've got 10 picks as well, and you're looking at nine of them inside the top 166. Um, seven of them inside the top 154, some, some serious quality, um, available here in the first five rounds here, um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and you look at that roster and to me, go get another receiver to pair with Devonte Freeman or Devonte Smith, sorry, Devonte Freeman, Devonte Smith almost made another, uh, another Khalil Mack mistake there. Go get another receiver at 15 for him, right? Give this kid the best opportunity to go and and really make that jump here in the in the 2022 season. Can you find yourself a running back, a steady running back in round two, round three, that can really um, help out? You've got aging offensive and defensive lines later in those rounds three through five. Hammer the offensive lines to get younger. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, all aging. And they don't have the replenish that D-line late, late. To me, if I'm the Eagles, I'm not trading up, I'm not trading down. I'm I'm finding the sweet spot in rounds three through five, in which you have pretty much uh, six picks. And I'm going to replenish my offensive and defensive lines and see if I can hit a couple home runs in the sweet spot of this draft, in this big man draft. I'm gonna look at running back, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell is just not good enough. I'm gonna go see if I can find myself uh, with a, another running back because in terms of the secondary, they're they're solid, right? They pick up Hassan Reddick to to help the pass rush on, on the outside, right? Darius Slay's solid. Anthony Harris is solid. Okay, so safety's available so if, so if a Hamilton falls to you at fifteen, you gotta take him, but um to me I'm replenishing and getting younger on both sides of the ball and I'm finding myself another playmaker to uh to pair with uh Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts and see if this kid can make a step. Wouldn't be surprised if you take a swing at running back at fifty one or eighty three or even one oh one if you like somebody. Let's close this episode out with the New Orleans Saints. Um seven picks they've got two first um 49th 98 120 and 161 so a, a pretty standard draft for the Saints other than those first uh two picks none of which are their own they've got uh the first one from Indy the 16th overall pick and then um the 19th overall pick uh from Philadelphia in, in that uh, flip-flop trade so for me, is there enough there to you're going to have to give up future capital if you're the Saints in terms of you know 19. If you if you're on the if if somebody's on the clock and at five six seven eight in terms of um, Carolina or the Giants or somebody like that, um, Atlanta, Washington. We talked about and you want to move up. You know you're probably going to have to give that 19 and, and probably either next year's or you know. Probably forty nine could be nineteen and forty nine to to go move up to get eleven. Not sure, you know, or sixteen and forty nine. So you, there's some room wiggle room there for them to to move up. But in terms of the the Saints and what they're looking at is is, you know, where are the holes on this roster for them? And to me, it's at it's at that playmaker spot. Lots of question marks. Michael Thomas coming back. Off of injury, you know, Mark Marquez Callaway and Tracon Smith and and so many guys are unproven, in terms of, you know, what they can do. It's an offensive line that that can be dominant at times, especially in inside on the on the right side with Ruiz and and Ramchak and Eric McCoy and, you know, if it, if one of those tackles is available. You might want to think about that. You've still got Kamara there. You've got Taysom Hill there that that can help. But hopefully he can produce at at the tight end spot. You've got the bookend pass rushers in Jordan and Davenport. Could you use a little help? Could you could you go get yourself a Jordan Davis? Somebody up front, some a little beef up front. Linebacker spot: Demario Davis, Pete Warner is solid. Um, you know this is a talented, talented roster. P.J. Williams and Marshawn Lattimore. Um, you know Gardner Johnson. So you could you could you might be able to use a you know a cornerback too, um, but to me, do you like one of the two quarterbacks enough, if available or the top three available to take one at sixteen or nineteen, and then at wide receiver you gotta get yourself some help at wide receiver. Um, if there's a tight end later on in the draft, do you like somebody there? Um, do you like a big D lineman later? But to me, is it going to be quarterback? Got to get some help at uh, at wide receiver are the big two question marks, um, and then do you look to to move on from one of these veteran um, offensive linemen that are that are still there? So those are kind of the the options and what uh, New Orleans is looking at and what could make this a successful draft for them. Folks, that gets us all the way out to almost twenty here on the draft minus the. Uh, The Chargers at 17. I think we covered about 15 or 16 teams there on tonight's episode, which was the game plan. We'll cover the rest next week and whoever's uh, not drafted in the first round and what they have available. And we'll start to look at their drafts as well and options available for, for teams like that to move back up into the first round like we talked about with Vegas last week. But that'll do it for tonight's podcast. So happy to get this out to you. Um, Great little listening opportunity. We'll be back on our regular time and schedule next week. We'll be live 9 p.m. on Thursday evening, Instagram Live. So join us with your questions, thoughts, what you see coming up in the first round of the draft. We'll review the picks that have been made there live. I'm hoping to have a couple guests on or, or friends of the show join me for that as well. But other than that, make sure you're subscribing. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Like, share, however you see fit. Um, We'll have more contests along the way. And uh, T-minus six days away from the draft. Keep your eyes to the ground, eyes and ears to the ground for trades, all that stuff. We'll have it up on our social media fronts and try to get it out to you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Billy Simpkin for for the uh, tickets and the contest. And we'll catch you next week.